The really important part there is I have found that for me to have some of my best ideas and creativity, you really requires that spaciousness. If you can't have these brilliant, well, in my experience, I haven't been able to have those brilliant ideas when I'm just in busyness mode of decision, decision. It's a different energy to just sit back and go, okay, do I need to be creative? Give myself space, whether that be after work, whether that's why they say some of the best ideas come in the shower. Often in business, we only kind of know the way that we know. We do things, we structure our days the way we work. And then you get to a certain stage where maybe you don't have as much to do, or you now do like what you've done. You've now taken on more projects. And the question starts to become, well, how do I manage my time? How am I going to make this work? There is assistance for taking care of everything other than doing the most high impactful work. And for me, that doesn't mean I want to work 24 hours a day. It doesn't even mean I want to work more than six hours a day. But the hours that I'm not working, I want to be spending that on social time with friends and with family and with doing other things I love. That's why I created a business so I could have more time to do the things that I love. That's really like the end game for me. I think it's a matter of really valuing myself and being extremely ruthlessly diligent on exactly where I want to spend my time and then creating structures and frameworks where that works for me. Hey, it's Pete Moriarty, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, Carl Taylor, and this is the Entrepreneur's Rising Show. We're all about lifting the water and raising all the boats in the water. The quote goes something along those lines, uh, and uh, what we're really about is helping entrepreneurs and business owners uh, be higher performers. And speaking of high performance in this episode, uh, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the highest level of performance uh, that an entrepreneur can reach, and that is where you're really... Uh, you know, if you want to get esoteric about it, I think vibrating at the highest level that you can be in the business, uh, but on a more practical level, just doing high value stuff as much as possible and for many hours as possible in balance with the rest of your life. Uh, Carl, what did you think about some of the things we discussed in this uh, episode? What uh, what can we tease our listener with to get them excited about it? Well, I, I think one of the best things about this episode in particular is we went some real practical you know, we talked about a specific role that's really valuable to have in your business. And then we didn't just say, hey, you need to go and find your person like this. We go, okay, well, what is what does this person look like? What's the job description? So I, I like that we went a little bit, here's the concept, and then here's kind of your action steps if you want to take this the next step. So that's what I loved about this episode. Well, if you want to see the level that we play at and how we structure our days for optimal performance, and where we're at right now with our entrepreneurial journey, give this episode a rest of a listen. Stay tuned. We're about to get started and we'll see you on the other side. So let's talk about high performance. High performance. Yeah. So I'm in this place right now where I've, I had about a month off and I was connected to the business on and off um, during the course of that month. But pretty much like as soon as I you know, was coming through, I was in the outback and I was coming through different towns and you know, I'd kind of have reception for 20 minutes as we stopped for fuel in a town and then I'd get back on the motorbike or back in the truck and keep driving again. Um, so I went from the Gold Coast all the way up to Cape York and the very tip of Australia and back again was about 5,000 kilometers all up um, in the course of um, a month. 
so I was away from the business and, and you know, just kind of letting things run. And, and in that time, I bought another business. So there was another acquisition that closed, which I um, can't talk too much about yet, but we'll be able to soon, of a non-IT business, which is exciting. I came back to my team last Monday to a third business to sit over and chaperone and run. Uh, you know, a, num- a number of end of financial year strategies to work on. Yeah. And also another negotiation for another acquisition because I'm, I'm looking at the next acquisition and I've started the conversation around that uh, while we happen to be away. And I've had to really, you know, been kicked into gear in terms of my performance to really, really perform at a high level. Uh, like last week, I had eight hours a day of meetings for five days, which is not usually the norm for me. Usually I, I do kind of like three half days and it's all pretty chill. And like one of those days ended up going till eight o'clock at night, uh, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. And uh, it kind of reminded me of how I was operating the business. The old days. In the old days. Yeah. And it was kind of like an, it was an unhealthy way in, you know, in some ways, like, you know, I, I would finish those long days and they weren't eight hours, they were 10 and 12 hour days and I wouldn't get enough sleep and I would eat bad food. And that's how I ended up being 40 kilos heavier than I am now uh, because it was 45 kilos heavier, actually, you know, because it was just like so unhealthy the way that I was, you know, uh, working with my body. And before we hit the record button, I, I said to you, like, all I'm doing right now is sleeping because I make sure I get like a healthy eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours a night sleep. I'm doing the work that I need to do. I feed myself well, and I'm still only eating one meal a day and have done for a number of years. Uh, And so that's time-wise, feeding myself is pretty easy, apart from getting lots of alkaline water during the day. And I have some Himalayan salt in that for electrolytes. And and so I I feel pretty good. But apart from maybe half an hour of social time, uh, apart from the time that I spend, you know, with myself doing my kind of morning ritual and my journaling and, and everything else, uh, and a little bit of time for interaction with with lovers from time to time. That's it. <laughs> like you know, I had, I had a, a complete weekend off of no work mode, but apart from that, it was it was five days of of high performance work, and it was really interesting because I was kind of thinking like I don't have time for anything else. Like I don't have time for social events. Uh, I haven't allocated time for watching TV, although I did watch a movie one night and sacrificed a little bit of sleep for that. Uh, I do spend time cooking dinner for myself because I like that. So that's usually 60 to 90 minutes of taking my time, eating slowly, preparing slowly, putting lots of love and intention into that. But it's really interesting and amazing how much work I can actually get done on one day with the assistance of a PA who's helping me out with some of the coordination of the meetings and the follow-ups and checking with people and communicating and that kind of stuff. But apart from that, it's just it's just pure meeting time with my team and pure best, you know, highest value tasks all day long, which has been phenomenal. Well, that, that kind of leads me to uh, some questions I, uh, I had. Like, uh, first, I'll make, a, I'll make a comment and then I'll go to the question. So the, the first thing is, as, as you were describing what you were talking about, it reminded me of an experience I remember I went through when I came back after eight months out of the business, hands off completely. And I all of a sudden came in and I went a bit more into, you know, COVID kind of happened. And I went into, we did a previous episode about wartime CEO and peacetime CEO and kind of went into that wartime CEO. And I started hustling and it reminded me of the olden days. I definitely wasn't doing the hours that you have just talked about doing. And that's a whole nother ballpark. But that's really interesting that 
the thought that comes to mind is, is that just part of what happens when, when, when you do get to the point that you can step back, you kind of take these breaks, these rests, and you step back for a while. And then when you get in, you kind of jump headfirst in, and then maybe you find an equilibrium again, or maybe you just do hard sprints. Uh, there's mm. people in my world, I know they talk about doing sprints, you know, they'll do their 90 day sprint and then they'll go and take you know, three months off. So there's there's clearly different ways that people find the equilibrium. And, and this is really interesting. So that's a comment I wanted to make. But the question I wanted to ask is, you've mentioned that you're doing these kind of like eight hour days uh, and you've got a PA who's helping you with organization and you're talking about um, high level, high impact tasks. So I'm curious to better understand like these, the way that you're structuring your day, is this mostly meetings? Uh, is it, you know, negotiations? Is it strategizing? Like, how are you choosing to fill these eight-hour days uh, right now based on what's going on? Yeah, most of, them are, most of them are meetings with the team. I'm not really leading much strategy. And in the times that I am leading strategy, I kind of book out a couple of hours for spaciousness. And that might be me brainstorming with a couple of people. So that's more likely to be in the mornings. Afternoons, it's more likely to be more functional type stuff, like maybe finance, uh, maybe, you know, like operational type stuff. Whereas the mornings would be, you know, high impact decisions time. I, I, I haven't had each of my days booked up uh, like in advance for the whole week. A lot of the meetings are actually spontaneous. Uh, they're kind of active projects that are happening and it's about maintaining momentum in the projects. And so, you know, it, it's more like a rolling 24 hours of like, okay, what does Pete need to work on tomorrow? I really loved a video that you had on your Instagram that I saw in the last week, which was no no homework for Carl, uh, which is, you know, the, the concept of, you know, things either happen in a meeting, but don't make any promises to do anything outside of the meeting. And so I've I've taken that to heart and said that to my team, okay, if you want me to get things done, then it happens when you're on a meeting with me and probably with also with Gypsy, my, my PA as well. Um, but apart from that, um, I'm just doing the time. I'm just doing the time with team members and, and very a very collaborative, uh, very collaborative approach. If I want to spend time on something like, you know, doing research, it's probably something that I'll do at 6 p.m. After I've gone through all the high impact meetings, then I've got, you know, time to myself to kind of like, used whatever energy is remaining for something like research, but also I'm, you know, getting pretty good at delegating research to the team as well. It's not always something for me to do. I think that's really important. Something you just said there that I want to make sure that, you know, our, our avid fans listening uh, picked up on the idea of spaciousness required when it comes to being more strategic and creative, right? That brainstorming, there's a difference between I'm getting on this call to make decisions you know, run things by me. You need me to do this thing. You need like, just, you've got me, you've got my presence. You've got me for this time. You need me to do something. Don't leave it for later because I got a million other things on my mind. Just get it done yep. now. Um, if, if you need something from me, book it in on a meeting. So you have my time. And I'll admit when I came up with that idea it was probably over 18 months ago. And I've been fluctuating at how well I've uh, consistently stayed to hashtag no homework. But the, the really important part there is I have found that for me to have some of my best ideas and creativity, and I think you alluded to it as well, you really requires that spaciousness. If you can't have these brilliant, well, in my experience, I haven't been able to have those brilliant ideas when I'm just in busyness mode of decision, decision. It's a different energy to just sit back 
and go, okay, do I need to be creative? Give myself space, whether that be after work, whether that be, you know, that's why they say some of the best ideas come in the shower, right? Usually because you're just creating spaciousness, not think about other things. So have you taken that kind of approach with the different meetings, the finance meetings, the meetings with other areas of your team? Have you taken that approach of the energies that you need to be creating in that? Or is it really like those hours that you're working is very much just boom, 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 boom approach? Yeah, it's a great question. So there's nothing on my calendar between 9am and 11am as I start each day. Um, and my first meeting is now a huddle from 11 to 11.30 with uh, my marketing manager and my PA. And my PA basically sits over all of the projects and promises that I've made, uh, you know, in the different areas of, of, of the business and, and things that I've been involved in and involved in, in coordinating. But that 9 to 11 time is basically like I could, if I need to sleep until 10, which I did this morning, I slept until 10 and, and then was up and, and actually getting into tasks. But other mornings... I'm usually ready to go by 8.30ish and that's when I'm, I've got my ideas flowing and I begin to pull people in to spontaneous meetings. And so it's kind of like, you know, how I imagine kind of like, you know, a Branson or a Jobs would work where they'd go, hey, I've got this like crazy idea. Let me <laughs> disrupt other people's day <laughs> and pull the, you know, and pull them into, pull them into a meeting and, and start working through that. Um, and that seems to be working quite well for me, which is good. And it's working well for the team as well, because then I have that kind of like huddle and sync where the more we bring a bit more structure to the crazy ideas, then it's like, all right, cool. Pete, you want to do this? Here's how we need to coordinate that. Here's what resources we need for that. Here's how that will come together. You know, for the morning uh, when I wake up, like I still have about an hour to myself, even before 8, 39 o'clock when I'm getting into work mode, where I'm journaling, I'm clearing out any of the emotions, I'm having, you know, going and sitting naked in the sun on my balcony, uh, like I'm doing those things to get in the zone. And that's where Everyone appreciated that picture, by the way, that mental image of you sitting on the balcony. Come to Burley Heads and and, uh, you can get the view for free as well. Um, And so, yeah, basically that's when those those ideas quite often will begin to float. And I might go and spend that time down by the beach in the morning if I want to go for a walk or it might be an evening walk um, that that works for me there as well. So, yeah, that's how it all kind of comes together. I love that. And I think this is really the reason this is a really good conversation to be having is often in business, we only kind of know the way that we know. We do things, we structure our days the way we work. And then you get to a certain stage where maybe you don't have as much to do or you now do like what you've done. You've now taken on more projects. And the question starts to become, well, how do I manage my time? How am I going to make this work? So hearing um, how other people are doing it is super valuable. And you know, there's a few things, obviously, you've mentioned that stood out to me. Obviously, having a PA, having someone who, and I know I've struck, I've, I'll be honest, I've struggled to find someone who can fill this role well for me. So I'd love to hear what your secrets have been so far. But uh, having a PA who basically their job is to keep track of the commitments that you make, right? The things you have agreed to, to ensure that they happen. Either they just get on and do the things or they remind you and keep you to task to do the things that you said you were going to do. Because it's very easy in my experience, and it sounds like it's similar for you. Let me know if you agree. When you're on all these meetings and you're having conversations, you're making decisions, you're saying this, you're saying that, and people remember what you decided 
possibly far better than you remember what you decided. And then later down the track, you're like confused and people are confused because you've changed your mind because you didn't realize you changed the mind. You don't realize you made a decision earlier or they're waiting for something and you'd forgotten that you'd agreed to do that. That's my life. Can you relate to that, Pete? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or I say something and then three months later, I remember it and I get angry that no one implemented it uh, totally. because you yeah. know it was an offhand comment or idea that I had three months ago that I never put in place an execution plan for. Totally. I'm yeah. 100% guilty of that. I'm like, come on, guys, we talked <laughs> about this thing. Like, what's where's it up to? Uh, nowhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Yeah. So my current so- PA's name is Gypsy, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about how we work together. Now, up until recently, and I've had PAs on and off, uh, you know, like managing emails and, and whatnot over the years, and and like I don't really receive many emails anymore, so that's not really the you know the primary you know uh, responsibility for someone. Um, I had Gypsy working with me for the last nearly the last year now uh, on half days, and. It was both for business tasks and life tasks as well. Mm. And for me, I really wanted someone that could work with me at the speed of my idea flow. And what that meant was, you know, because my idea flow is faster than I can even type things into Asana for task management. Oh, I, I think many entrepreneurs can, can relate to that challenge for sure. Ridiculous. Yeah. And so I said to myself, right, well, you know, could I have someone catch the balls as fast as I can throw them? And what the solution was, was I had Gypsy uh, join me on WhatsApp and I send voice notes on WhatsApp at the speed that ideas come to me. And Gypsy's job is based, and I, I've said to her, I'll send them to you. 24 hours a day, but you only have to respond and, you know, you just mute my conversation in your WhatsApp and you only have to respond to them, uh, you know, when you're in your work hours. And so basically her job is to listen to those voice notes and key them into Asana. And sometimes that's a task to delegate to someone else. Sometimes it's something for her to coordinate. Sometimes it's her, you know, buying online shopping for me. Uh, sometimes it's following up on a supplier. Sometimes it's like, hey, I asked someone to do that a week ago. Can you check if they've done it or not? Uh, sometimes it's, uh, hey, can you organize a meeting with this person? Uh, but basically, you know, all of my rapid fire ideas are are going into uh, are going into that um, that kind of like management of my PA. And then when we do our sync calls, which weren't regular in the past, but we've now made them regular. Uh, when we do our sync calls. You know, she'll basically go through the list, and we, you know, we've probably looped back and forward with each other for three or five, three or four out of five things, and already resolved them. But there may also be, hey, Pete, you sent me a voice note last Thursday afternoon. Clearly, you've forgotten about it, and this task is still open. Do you want to do anything about it right now? And then I can prioritize and, and kind of work through that. So that's that's number one. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and please can I interrupt a question because yeah. you've you've got me in a, a system. Like you and I both are very system level thinkers, but then we do our systems very differently. And so in that situation where you've come across something and let's say they go, hey, you sent me this voice note about this thing last Thursday. Do you, is it still a priority now? Because like you and many entrepreneurs, our ideas are so fast that sometimes a week later, by the time someone's coming back to us about this idea, it's no, you're like, no. Nah, I've moved on from that idea. We're not doing it or I've evolved it. And there's now a version 3.0 of that idea. And so if the answer is like, no, actually that's a low priority. Do you bin it? Do you put it, how, what do you do in that scenario to, do you ever bother looping or do you get to a point where you go, you know what, 
if it is a priority, it'll come back again later. So we're bidding it at this moment. I'd love to know your perspective. I know what I do. It, but- it gets left in Gypsy's court. <laughs> and right. then and then what I find is once a week or once every couple of weeks, she'll go through everything that's in her court and bump it. And these are all in Asana. So she'll drop a little uh, little update message and I'll get a flurry of push notifications, you know, on a Thursday afternoon or a Friday afternoon with all of like with all of the old tasks. And I probably won't deal with it then, but maybe at like, you know, 10 o'clock on Saturday night when I don't have anything else going on, I happen to be in front of my computer, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll go through some of those old tasks and kind of like, you know, clean them up, particularly the ones uh, in my personal Asana file for like, you know, this car registration or that car being serviced or, you know, or this thing being ordered from Ikea, you know, the kind of like the kind of stuff where I'm not going to interrupt my high value work time, um, uh, you know, during the, during a, a business day. Um, but I to might get to it when I've got some time over the weekend. Got it. Yeah. Great. Okay, cool. So you said that was number one. I mean, I've got more questions, but one. I'm like, you know what, let's start yeah. with, let, let you move <laughs> on to what's your number two. So, so, so number two, and this one, this one's a more recent one is I've just said to Gypsy, I just want you to shadow me. Everything I do, I want you to shadow me. And so this, this podcast recording is the only meeting today that she hasn't joined me on. Uh, so she, she's been on eight hours of meetings as well. And just, you know, having Gypsy there, she'll record every single meeting. She'll be um, taking notes or minutes if it's needed. Um, if I have the thought halfway through the meeting, hey, we, could, we should loop in this person. She'll hit them up on chat and ask them if they're free to kind of jump into the meeting with us. She'll, hey, we, need, we should schedule a follow-up on this next week. She'll be, you know, automatically scheduling that in calendars. Uh, and so in real, as I think in real time, I've basically got a helper there to um, to, to help me out. Um, it's also functionally appropriate because Gypsy is going to head up a research team to uh, assist with uh, acquisitions um, and assist with managing our deals. And so effectively, she'll be a bit of a sales assistant type role in the deals that we're working through. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of like part of the function, but also just... Uh, yeah, having someone who can be kind of like you know a bit of a bit of glue when when I'm in meetings is is really uh, is really useful. I like that you shared the, the the bigger broader role of where Gypsy is is filling because one of the questions that went in my mind is this all sounds amazing while you're in this hustle version of Pete mode and you know when I've been in those moments where it's like all I'm doing is in meetings all the time and it's like yes I just want it ca- everything captured. And then I go, and you've just come through through phases of then like I disappear for months and yeah. or at least weeks, and it's downtime. And so it's like, well, what does this PA do when all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I'm not doing anything? Like, yeah, here's all my ideas. You can keep track of my ideas, but we're not doing any sync meetings. I'm not actioning this and that. So to hear that there's a bigger a bigger kind of role that potentially they're they're, they're fulfilling is is really helpful for me and maybe for some others listening. Yeah, and like when I'm not around, there's other tasks uh, as Gypsy's part of the HR kind of like uh, you know team and umbrella and 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 division of the business. And so you know she may help them out with research tasks. There may be you know data entry backlog, like you know other other things that could be. Or maybe she just goofs off. I don't know. She probably deserves it. Uh, you know? <laughs> totally. Exactly. Well, that, I mean that's a good point, right? Like if you're yeah. taking the break, maybe it's just it's part of their role. It's like, hey, well, I'm taking my downtime. You enjoy your downtime too. Totally. Um, question then I think is probably on many people's minds is if they want to go and find themselves a gypsy, 
Yeah. What would be your recommendations? What's the job description? Is it an internal? Is it an external? Obviously, it's internal maybe if you've got a big team, but if you're brand new, you probably aren't. Your only internal option is you, yourself, and I. That may not work. So uh, totally. what would be your you know, maybe top two or three tips to someone who wants to find themselves? Uh, well, I don't think there's anything you know ridiculously special about the role itself. Uh, for anyone who's read The 4-Hour Workweek, uh, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss talked about hiring a VA uh, as someone who can do general tasks and duties for you in all areas of your business and life. I think, you know, having someone that you get along with is excellent um, because you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. You know, that's something that's important. But, Certain personalities um, yeah. though, like disc profiles or, um, you know, Colby's or anything like that. Like, is that uh, anything like that you've used? Or? A, someone who's got a bit of, you know, like who's good at, at follow-up. And someone who's good, you know, with detail. So that would be in the disc profile, would be high C. But you know, Gypsy isn't isn't necessarily isn't necessarily high C. I mean, uh, what I do know about Gypsy is she happens to be phenomenally great with direct with um, dealing with people. And so she needs to organize a meeting, or she needs to pay a bill, or she needs to, um, you know, call the local mechanic and you know have them ready, you know, have them ready for me to bring my car around this week, something like that. Um, you know, she's able to jump on the phone and just and just make those appointments happen. Um, that's really important. Um, what I will say is, uh, yeah, I guess a high level of, of emotional attunement uh, is is important. You know, just to be able to do that. When I'm on holiday, uh, you know, Gypsy is really the conduit between me and the rest of the business. Um, I basically say to the rest of the business, I'm not going to check my work chat, but Gypsy has access to me. And so, if there's something urgent going on, and and she thinks that I need to look into it, or there's something in my email that I need to look into, um, you know, she's messaging me on WhatsApp, and that's the only app that I'm opening. I'm switching mm. off notifications for my work chat when I'm, uh, you know, when I'm away and and kind of off. The the mistake that I see people make all the time is. They hire a VA, and I hate the term VA, um, you know, because humans humans are not virtual. Um, but you know, they they hire someone, and they expect that person to be a jack of all trades. They want them to update their website. They want them to send marketing campaigns. They want them to you know call and organize their fucking pet food. Uh, but you know, they're expecting that person to do absolutely everything in their life. And a solid PA, personal assistant, is going to be someone who manages some life stuff, manages some meetings, manages communication, and manages scheduling. I would never ask Gypsy to jump into our WordPress and start making changes on web pages or connect never. Zapier no. to Active Campaign. It's it's just stupid. Um, and so that's where a service like, and this is not a pitch, but you know that's where a service like automation agency or IT genius would make sense. Or if you've got the funds, you hire someone dedicated to do those roles as well. Um, don't yeah. expect this person to be a unicorn and do absolutely everything for you. Uh, you know, this role is a PA role. It's not a VA role because that's just way too broad and open these days. It's a PA, which is someone who is tasked with supporting me as a director uh, and making my life easier and saving me time. And that's what I've said to her. You know, when 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 she's been slow or inefficient at getting something done and I've had to jump in and save it, that's the opportunity for me to say, Gypsy, like you've failed in this because your number one job is to save me time. And the moment I have to mm. do something myself, you're not doing your, your job is not effective. <laughs> uh, and so, of course, and I say that in a nice way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really about um, how can I be more leveraged to better serve everyone who I wish to serve through more time being created through that support. I love that. And what I love about this conversation, it's really important, right? Because there there's so many different podcasts out there, I'm sure, 
blogs, books for our work week that talk about the VA type thing. And, and we've been through that ourselves in our own journey. We started off with hiring what was kind of termed a VA, and that's how we've grown our teams the way that we have. And what we're talking about is when you've outgrown that, when you've got a team of probably, I don't know, I don't know at what point this makes sense, but you know, I got a team of 50 something. I don't know what your size team is right now, but like at this level, when you're starting to go, you know what, we're in this, if you've listened to earlier episodes before where I've talked about this kind of, you got the owner versus operator um, pyramid and you're, you're now, if you become an owner of a business, you're either a leader or you're an investor slash advisor. And they're kind of the two levels of the owner. And so when you're in that leader stage, trying to move into that more advisory stage, mm. it's like this PA is that magic piece, I think. Yeah, it's, it's getting totally. that PA who pe- becomes, as you've mentioned, the conduit. And it is totally not a general VA. And what I'm hearing even in this conversation is interesting. It's I'm also realizing it's not your operations manager. You know, my operations uh, manager is very... I, I leverage her in a similar way to how you leverage Gypsy, but not to the same degree, but like she's the one I hit up. She's the one that I have, that I'm when I've disappeared, the, the team has access to me through. But mm. I like the idea of even including even more with, with this PA approach. So you've, you've sold me. I know I've tried to do it numerous times of the years, haven't nailed it. The fact that you've got it working for you has got, got me going, okay, one of my next jobs is to write. And I'll, I want to repeat something, guys. If you didn't hear Pete say this, the job description, your number one job is to save me time. Like that's the job description. I'm hiring someone who your job and some, one of the other things you said is to catch the balls as fast as I can throw them. Yeah. Your job is to keep track of the ball. So it's basically your number one job is to save me time. You need to catch the balls as fast as I can throw them and then keep them on track and check in with me. That's kind of basically the job description. That's it. Yeah, And the rest of the mechanics of how that works out, you'll probably evolve depending on, on the person you're working with and their experience versus if you're highly systemized and automated and techie and they're not as experienced, you might be helping them develop their systems in the beginning um, or you might just let them run with it and they come up with whatever they want. So that's, I think this is brilliant. Do you think that this is, this is the number one secret to high performance entrepreneurs once you are out of the operations of your business? What I know is that I switched from optimizing for income to optimizing for time after I'd reached my income goals and after I had a you know business that was commercially and financially viable that would continue to grow without me trying to put more time in to create more income. Like the, that, that equation balanced out and so my focus then became creating more time. And I will happily pay... $25 an hour for someone to come to my house and wash and fold my clothes, which Gypsy puts on Airtasker, organizes, someone walks in my door, I say, there's the washing machine. Thanks so much. Would you like a glass of water? Thanks for coming and helping me out. Hmm. Um, and you know, being able to operate at that level is kind of how I imagine the US president would operate or you know, Elon Musk or, or Richard Branson would operate. And that is that there is assistance for taking care of everything other than doing the most high impactful work. And for me, that doesn't mean I want to work 24 hours a day. It doesn't even mean I want to work more than six hours a day. But the hours that I'm not working, I don't want to be folding my fucking washing. (laughs) I I want to be spending that on social time with friends 
and with family and with doing other things I love. That's why I created a business so I could have more time to do the things that I love. That's really like the end game for me. I think it's a matter of really valuing myself and being extremely ruthlessly diligent on exactly where I want to spend my time and then you know, creating structures and frameworks where, where that works for me. And I love that you brought that up because I was just thinking, as just as you started to pivot into that, it's like, it's very easy to hear someone say, because a lot, there's many people out there who say that idea of like, what are you doing mowing your lawn or, or back, you know, cleaning your house? If, if you charge your time out, this is even when you're more an operator type person, you charge your time out at $300 an hour or something, depends on where you're at as to what you're charging. When yeah. you can pay someone 10 or $20 an hour to do that. And it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, okay, well, if I'm paying someone to do that thing at $30 an hour, I have to then spend that hour doing something, bringing in $1,000. Yeah. And you're still in the trap of swapping time for money. Yes, you've got a more leverage, but in that moment, your tra- high impact work, if maybe remove the word work, just high impact activities is about high impact to you as a person. And that might be playing with your kids. That might be going for a walk down and grabbing a coffee. Uh, it might be going and visiting your, your parents. You know, it, it could be catching up with a friend on the phone. It could be various different things. It might be going and working out or going to the gym or whatever you do, you know, it, or maybe you love cooking. And so by having someone else come in and do the washing and cleaning, while they're doing that, you get to cook up a storm for a couple of hours and have a blast playing some music. Mm. that's the that's the difference of what we're talking about so it's not just about oh i'm paying this person here now i'm going to do that it is like that if you're still in hustle startup mode you're still as pete kind of mentioned balancing that equation of time money business income and what he this is something i'm learning and maybe this can be another whole podcast episode but i'm also learning that when you reach a certain point of well i've, I've hit my number Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes then your personal circumstances change and therefore the number that was very comfortable now doesn't feel as comfortable as it once did. And so you can go from, oh, I've been optimizing for time to, oh, now it's time to still be optimizing for time, but we need to start looking at income again and know that there's going to be these. And I think this happens to everyone. I think you look at the Tony Robbins, the Richard Branson's, all these people, like there's a certain point where they were probably living a lifestyle of, uh, you know, half a million dollar person. Then they started living lifestyle of a millionaire. And then they started living the lifestyle of a decamillionaire and things shifted and changed and their preferences changed. So therefore their minimum number started to shift to live the lifestyle they prefer. Yeah. I, to- I totally understand that. And I'd also kind of like loop it into the, uh, you know, archetypes as well. Um, you know, if you think about the wealth dynamics, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm a mechanic and I've got some like kind of Lord energy as well. And so for me, it's like, well, I want to spend my time architecting structures that are going to generate income for me. Um, you know, for others who are maybe a star or a creator profile, it may be around, uh, you know, architecting the right team around them so they Any can ideas. be in their, you know, in their highest level of creation and highest level of stardom. Uh, you know, sharing things, sharing things out to the world. Um, so, but, you know, but it all, it, it is all about, you know, this is my mechanic brain talking. It's all about architecting and, 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 you know, designing what the machine looks like, what the machine looks like around you. You got to, you know, keep us, keep us mechanics around. We're very useful. They are. And, uh, yeah. uh, just to add to that example, and then maybe we wrap up this episode, but I'd like to add to that example. If you just heard a creator idea of that, 
let me share an example of, uh, sorry, a mechanic example. Let me give you a share example of a creator. So for me, all of a sudden, just the other day, I had this great idea for some software. And I was like, oh, this would be a nice little oil well kind of thing. A nice little business. Doesn't need to be a feature in my existing business. We could quickly launch, spin up a whole new business, pretty easy, minimum viable product, put it out there and drive some traffic and probably turn it into something that's, you know, it's not going to be game changing, but it's a nice little income earner that could maybe be sold down the line. As a creator, the fun is in coming up with the idea. Here's what it's going to look like. And this is where you then need to have that team around you where it's like, well, that's what my genius is. I've come up with this idea. I need to be able to pass that ball to a gypsy or someone who then gets all the different people, the developers, the website writers, the copywriters, everything, the ad people to get the product and the business launched. Um, mm. Whereas in the in the earlier stages in business, you would probably being all those people. You're like, all right, I've had the idea. Now I'm going to build it and I'm going to get this person. Whereas now you're maximizing to, okay, I've had that idea. Someone else is building that oil well. Now I'm going to go and build another one. I'm going to come up with another idea. Yeah, totally. So, it's yeah. It, it's very it's very much a different game there. And I think um, you know along the way there's different stages. One of the most challenging things for entrepreneurs is focus. Um, and so learning to, you know, just, just get one thing, you just get one thing built, you know, get one income stream built, get one yes. business division built, get one team built, get one industry vertical built, and then, you know, and then worry about expanding out, you know, write down the 300 ideas, but, you know, build them one by one. Uh, and, you know, focus and attention is so important. That's what produces results. Discipline reduce, uh, produces results. Routine produces results. All of these things, you know, concepts that we've talked about a lot on other episodes of this podcast, uh, you know, it's all uh, helping you to perform at the highest level and serve everyone in your life that you wish to serve. Totally. And I, I, I have nothing really more to add. It's just, it's a good reminder, guys. It really well, is. That sounds so, like a great, great time to wrap up the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you have not yet already been to our website, head along to rising.show uh, where you'll find all the show notes previous episodes, uh, recordings, you can download, you'll see transcriptions there as well. I think uh, you can contact us, drop us a note on the socials. If you've got an idea for an upcoming episode or a question that you'd like us to cover sometime soon. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to please leave us a rating on your favorite podcasting tool of choice. If you think we're worth five stars, that would be amazing. If not, then uh, send us some constructive feedback. We'd love to hear that as well. Or you can always drop us a direct line via the website. Carl, thank you so much for being my amazing co-host, man. I'm loving these shows and I love having you here. It's been an absolute pleasure. And last thing I want to say is if you don't want to do any of those leaving ratings and stuff, if you've gotten value, if you're still listening right now and you got value out of this episode, share it awesome. with a friend. Send it to a friend. Uh, let them get the value too. See you, Pete. Bye. And so should we record the intro before we call? So I'm going to name this one. Uh, ultra high performance for entrepreneurs. I reckon this would be a good feeder episode for people to like start with um, mm. if they want to get it. That was a fucking, that was killer, man. That was good shit. Um, all right, cool. Shall we, I'll kick off if you're cool with that. Go for it. All right, cool.